Welcome to the Mere and Powerful Podcast, where we believe in going far by going together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mirrors and Powerful Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Brian Pape. And I'm Rebecca Pape. On this episode with Founders with Founder, we sat down with Bridget Conley. She is the female founder and powerhouse of Luna Bay Booch, which is a hard kombucha uh, brewed with yerba mate tea out of Chicago. Yes. And they're across uh, 11 states. Great distribution. They've only been started about two years ago. A mm-hmm. pandemic company. And they are getting after it for sure. They are all about those ingredients. They're vegan, gluten-free, uh, non-GMO. They're also a 1% for the Planet member, which is near and dear to our hearts. Um, we have co-branded Mirror Product with them and have plans to continue to collaborate in the future. Absolutely. We love the entrepreneurial insights that Bridget uh, provided and, you know, they have a great quality product. We've had some of it uh, and I appreciate it because it's not too sugary. Um, it's really a fantastically flavored product and I think you all may enjoy it. So if you are in the states of Colorado, California, Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, Maine, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, Wisconsin, and soon Texas, you should be able to pick this up at Whole Foods, Amazon Delivery, Amazon Prime. Um, I would encourage you to check this out. We loved the conversation. The product's amazing. Bridget's amazing. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did. All right, Bridget, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We have Bridget Conley, who is the founder of Luna Bay Booch Company, which just rolls off the tongue very nicely. It does. I want to know where Luna Bay is. Yes. Where is, where is Luna Bay, Bridget? Luna Bay, we're um, based in Chicago, um, but we're now in uh, 11 states and counting. So uh, we're kind of a remote team, but our headquarters, our booch quarters is here in Chicago. Yes, the booch, <laughs> booch quarters. quarters. Oh, like so it. good. Uh, well, we love talking to founders. Obviously, we're co-founders and we love just hearing stories about how you get started, what sparked the idea, um, you know, trials, tribulations, joys, celebrations, all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. We love just diving in with founders because uh, there's always great stories and lessons and uh, yeah, we, we just, we absolutely adore entrepreneurs. So we're excited to hear your story and kind of get into all the things, but I love the brand. I'm a brand guy. I love the graphics. Um, I always have a, a, a massive appreciation for folks who pay that extra little detail, um, to all the fun little things around here. And it is full disclosure. It is 1145 in the morning and I'm drinking a hard kombucha. Um, (laughs) so thank you for sending these. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Breakfast booch. I love it. Breakfast (laughs) booch. Yeah, I mean the can, you know, you look at it and you just want to open it and drink it. There's something yeah. about that. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, again, yeah, I can share a little bit about the yeah. packaging and the inspiration kind of behind it. Um, I think for us, like, you know, uh, when we started, we're because we are a female founded and brewed company, um, we the moon being the feminine energy. Um, so that's kind of where the Luna came from. Um, we played around with several versions of this, you know, for months at a time, you know, with branding and packaging, and there's so much that goes into it you just like wasn't quite right um and then we have the little wave on the bottom um because we love to like surf and you know be in the lakes and just be you know and most of the product is made of water as well um and then the four stars are from the chicago flag um which is where we're from so it's like a city coastal vibe because um i found it when i was living in california but i'm from chicago awesome that's really neat and it means something that's what's so great i love that People always, we, we got to do a better job of explaining mirror on our website. Yeah. We say this every single time, but like people are like, what yeah. is mirror? We're like, it's completely made up, um, kind of, <laughs> mostly. So like. Inspired by a few It's inspired things. by a few things like John Muir, you know, like Muir Beach, yes. you know, father of the uh, national park system in the U.S., but then also M-I-R in Eastern European languages means world, good, or peace. So it's kind of a tip of the cap and there's meaning there as opposed to just kind of like a random name. But um, I love the the Chicago thing is cool. And then the wave, I didn't even notice the wave until you mentioned that, but it's awesome. I think too, I just love like the little feminine touches, the, at least for the hibiscus and lavender, you know, there's the the floral kind of um, sketches. Do you talk about being female founded here on the can? Yeah, so we're our new can rollout. Um, it'll come in the fall. Has that because we want it. We're getting in the process of women certified. Um, which oh, cool. is a, a yeah, pretty lengthy process. So it just kind of came through. So we'll have now on our new cans, the women certified. Um, we're one of the only hard kombuchas to be completely vegan. Um, a lot of other hard kombuchas use honey. So we're vegan. We'll have that certified. Um, gluten free. 
Um, we use all non-GMO ingredients, which, um, you know, as we've kind of done our research in the space, like non-GMO and supporting non-GMO farmers are actually um, oftentimes better than organic. So um, we'll have the non-GMO vegan gluten-free and women certified packaging on our new can and 1% for the planet. Oh my gosh. Incredible. I don't know what's not to love. Yeah. Everything, everything is to love about this. Checking all the boxes. Did seriously. You, yeah. And you're three years in, right? As you established 2018. Yes, we established in 2018, but that was when we were still in other jobs. So we really, it's about, it'll be about two years in the fall. So awesome. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, which, How, like, how's it going? I mean, 11 states, that's incredible. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's such a whirlwind, but I mean, I think when we started, um, our first year was just, you know, we were planning on just doing Chicago. That was our business plan and just trialing it and being like, this is a new category. We were the first to market here. Um, no one really knew what hard kombucha was when we got here. Um, so we were like, let's just see how it goes. And then you can, you know, we'll kind of grow from there three months into our plan. You know, the pandemic happened and, you know, you make plans and life changes and, you know, <laughs> you know how it is, but given the times, of course, there were so many horrible, you know, things that happened last year, but I think for us, we were really grateful in the industry we were in, um, for the category was, you know, people were drinking more and people were staying home. And so online and app delivery and all of that, we were able to, um, scale at a uh, much, um, lower, you know, rate and like cost for us to do so because everything was digital. Whereas before you could, had to do samplings in the field or, um, you know, we had to have sales reps and we couldn't do that. So, we kind of leaned into alcohol sales going up and uh, not being able to, you know, have staffing and just kind of scaled through that. So, right. <clears throat> well, and the, there, there would be a perceived barrier to entry with folks not actually knowing what kombucha is, right? Like I right. remember the first time I tried it and I was like, what is this? But in the case of the pandemic, I feel like because no one could go out to, to, to no one could seek out experiences like outside of their home. Then they're wanting yeah. to bring experiences, you know, in. And so that, I in. wonder if that helped as well, just the curiosity yeah. factor and let's try something new and, you know, Definitely. drink it on my couch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And there, it was like a blessing and a curse. Cause like in Chicago, we started with doing so many samplings because we had the opportunity to, and people got to really get to know us. And that's so important. Like the relationship aspect of, um, who we are, what we're building. It's just so, it's so much bigger than an alcohol brand. So we couldn't like have that same, um, experience with like relationships and meeting people, um, you know, out in stores and things like that. But in the same sense, we really leaned into building relationships through social media and hosting virtual workouts to raise money for a different 1% for the planet organizations. And so we're able to um, touch so many more people with such a limited team and kind of, ex you know, experience the brand that way. And then kind of to your point, the same thing with um, Whole Foods and Amazon Prime and GoPuff, a lot of these new e-commerce sites for alcohol started mm. to pop up. Mm. We formed really great relationships with those partners. So we've been able to get to more people and to fit in faster at the, you know, on demand on their phones. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. I, and this is a relatively new category, right? Hard kombucha. I mean, kombucha is like yeah. up and coming for a while, but hard kombucha is a newer, a newer thing. Is that, is that right? Yeah. yeah. I would say the category really started to grow in like 2018. So it's only, you know, about three years in and a lot of states like don't even have it yet. So it's really exciting to be kind of in the forefront of being first to market in a lot of, um, in new states. And so you can be healthy while drinking. <laughs> yes, that's what my mindset goes to. I'm like, I like to have fun. I like to be healthy. How do it's a perfect match. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so take us back to however far back you need to go. What, what, what were you doing before Luna Bay? You have yeah. roots in California as well as 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 Illinois. Uh, just tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was working for Lululemon um, on their marketing team. So I was kind of my on the my you know creating social media content creation, um, and we were in. I was kind of bouncing all over the states with them, and then I took a job with them to Australia um, in 2017. So I lived in Australia and was helping with some of their social media marketing, um, as well as just kind of like understanding the the context of the landscape there. Like how does Lululemon sell? there comparatively um, abroad and a lot of leaning into the storytelling aspect. So a lot of the my content creation and um, branding, I credit to Lou Lemon and their guidance there. And then I moved back to the States in 2018 and there was just kind of right place, right time. 
Um, and also leaning into Australia, there's, it's a very health conscious, um, customer and client and, but people also really like to have fun. And, um, I saw the kombucha industry there was really big. And so, um, I was like, gosh, there isn't anything like this. And then when I got back to, um, California, there were some other players in the space like Juneshine and Boochcraft and, they were starting to expand and I just got to see them, got to become friends with them and see what they were doing. Um, and I don't think a lot of people know about Chicago and what I think there's this uh, stereotype sometime of deep dish pizzas and hot dogs. And it's actually a very health conscious city, you know, mm. lakefront and the 606 and um, Lululemon has done some really incredible things in the city. Um, they have a, one of their stores has a bar in it. Um, and so I kind of look, took that concept, started building out Luna Bay and brought it to Chicago um, and pitched it to buyers here, pitched it to Whole Foods. Um, I actually had the cans before the product. So I haven't, I didn't even know how to make it. I remember in my Whole Foods meeting, I was like, so this is uh, my product, you know, and I was just had fake cans and they're like, Great, how do we order it? And I'm like, oh gosh, I have no idea. Uh, oh, <laughs> so it, it was like a work backwards process, which is pretty interesting. Oh, that's yeah. so good. So, we had, we had a very yeah. similar situation. So we had our growler, which you could put, uh, yeah. you could definitely put fermented, um, kombucha in there if you would like, yes. um, it would, it would yeah. be carbonated uh, if you got it out of a tap. And when we oh, launched cool. it, this is like 2014, I think 2015 and we got the sample, like our our first off the line production sample, like the day of or the day before we were launching a, a launch party for Kickstarter. Um, and so we had this like in-person event and we got the sample and we like got the engineering totally wrong and the lid like wouldn't unclasp, like you couldn't take the lid off. And we we're like, oh no, people are gonna like wanna open it and look at it. And so we, we were like, what do we do? And so before the party, we went and got this massive glass vase from like Crate and Barrel. So we put it on this like turntable and just like put the glass face over the top of it as though like it was so special you couldn't touch it. Oh my god! <laughs> like a museum piece. Yeah, it was like or a something. museum piece. Yeah. So we, we ended Don't up, touch it. Yeah, we, you know, fortunately the campaign was online, so you we ended up raising like 150 grand or something like that, and it was. Uh, but at the party, you know, everyone was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" You know, beers flowing, or whatever, and yeah. uh, the whole thing was super funny because you, really? if you actually would have touched it, you'd be like, "This thing doesn't work." <laughs> this doesn't even work. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, the same. Like our first like uh, ads from Luna Bay. If you go back our Instagram, they're fake cans with no lids and like we had like juice in them we were like <laughs> so good so what did whole foods say did you just keep your cool and you know oh gosh i'll never forget that meeting yeah we just i mean i just kind of found who were the buyers and i saw how well it was doing out in california and because the product needs to be cold um a lot of the refrigeration had not reached out of california so the category is booming in california but it wasn't anywhere else so i put together a pitch deck searched to find the buyer found them, got an, a, a meeting with them, um, with Claire, who was another one of our original founders on our team. Um, and, you know, we went in and we just had an idea and we were like, we're going to figure it out. But when they, when they were like, yes, we love it. We see that they, cause the whole foods shares data and they saw how the category was growing there and they had no access to it in the Midwest. So they're like, you guys, you know, we love the story. It's young women. It's, you know, this new category, it's doing really well. It's bound to come here soon yeah, let's, let's take a chance and, you know, launch you in 20 of our stores in Illinois. And then we were, we had to work backwards. We left that meeting. We were just like, oh yeah, totally. We got it. We're like, how do we do this? How do we do it fast? We need a liquor license. How do we get a liquor license? Like we were just like, you know, we, you figure it out as you go, like anything in life, I suppose. Yeah, totally. Trial by fire. How did you, so how did you go yeah. from like, Hey, we're going to go in 20 stores to, okay, we got to find someone to make this. And then we got to can it, get our license. Like how long did that process yeah. take? Yeah, much longer than we expected it to. So that's why we were like established in 2018. But it was much longer than that. Just, I mean, we had, there were so many, so many, and I almost too, like, I'm sure how you guys feel like having each other with starting near, like having, you know, Claire there in those early days of just trying every door kept shutting on us, every thing we would go to. And we're like, we could have just easily given up. And it's like, you just have to keep trying to find the right people to talk to. Um, we were considering raising money to open our own breweries, but then, you know, what I was, I was so lucky to live in California to see what was happening there. Cause the craft beer industry, you know, was exploding for so long and then it started to go down. And so hard kombucha and hard seltzers were taking over these old breweries and not having to raise capital to, you know, get their own breweries. So I was looking around Illinois, like there's gotta be something like this here. Like we can, you know, rent out tank space so we don't have to raise our money for our own space. So we, and thank, and thank goodness we did because we found this amazing group in Chicago, in Logan Square, um, called the Pilot Project. 
and they're an incubator and they incubate, you know, beers and wines and seltzers and kombuchas. And they're very like cutting edge and they like kind of knew what was already in the space um, that it was growing. So they took a chance on us did small batch brews and like, you know, Claire and I were making it in her house. You know, we were playing around with yeast and teas. And I think our first batches were like 12% alcohol. We had no idea. <laughs> we're like, just, this sounds right. And then like cross-eyed, but um, we- Just getting we hammered in production. <laughs> yeah, we're like, people are gonna love this stuff. Um, so then we finally got experienced brewers that, you know, and we found a wonderful woman named Laura, who's a microbiologist and she helped us. We found a sour beer brewer. and you know, Claire and I had the vision and we had the basic like recipes and things like that. But then we passed it off to, you know, really the, you know, scientists, the brewers, the experts, the microbiologists that then honed in on it and helped take it to the next level. Um, Cause you know, brewing small scale and like, you know, carboys to, you know, <laughs> that we have no idea how to do like, thank goodness we had that team. So they incubated it, they got, they brought it to life. And then from there we've expanded to other breweries. Oh, that's awesome. So, you, so how, what was, what was the first flavor? I'm curious, like what you're like, we're honing in on, you know, hibiscus lavender. Yeah. What was, what was the first flavor that you came up with? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. So I think again, going back to like living in California, I was so lucky to live where everyone else was. And also my in background in, you know, branding and, and design, it was like, how do you, how do you, how are you different than your competitors? You know, you have Anheuser-Busch's in this space, Boston beer, Sierra Nevada, you know, how are we going to compete and, and separate ourselves? And we're like, okay, we're female founded. Okay. We're vegan. Um, and then we were starting to be like, okay, so what about our flavors and our ingredients? And I think that is something I was really passionate about of, um, the quality of it and then the uniqueness of it. Um, and so many of the other brands, like it felt like, you know, were very sugary and just, it didn't taste, you know, real. And so we're like, how do we keep the quality there while still scaling? Um, and something we separate ourselves over was the tea was step one. So we, um, a lot of companies use green tea or black tea. Um, and we decided to use yerba mate tea. Um, uh. and yeah, and it takes a little bit longer in the process. And so you can't make quite as much a month. But I think the flavor profile is very unique and very beautiful, very light, very approachable. So we went the yerba mate tea and then the um, flavors that we play around with. So hibiscus and lavender was this like floral light, almost like a rosé. We wanted to have something for everyone to approach because kombucha can have a little bit of a stigma, I think. Um, and then ginger lemon. Um, I think that's our classic like go-to, very um, approachable for anyone who's starting into kombucha. And then we wanted one that was like very powerful and different and unique, which is that Palo Santo blueberry. Um, and we were actually burning Palo Santo in the house um, while Claire and I in the kitchen were like, what if we put this in there? Is that like legal? Is that safe? <laughs> um, and we, you know, we, we figured it out and we soak now real wood in tea bags in the tanks and it gives just like smoky, unique, very powerful flavor. And that's one of our best selling SKUs. So it's all trial by what we found in the kitchen, really. <laughs> Are there health benefits to brewing with yerba mate? Yeah. So, I mean, we can't claim anything with alcohol, which we learned early on, like that anything's healthy for you. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yes, <laughs> but yes, there are, you know, it's some great like antioxidant qualities to yerba mate and, you know, same with all of our real fruits and ingredients. Um, and then, you know, we have a very, so it's very interesting um, with kombucha because um, there are probiotics. So it's a real living, breathing um, product. And so we had such a great, um, strong, healthy base of the SCOBY, which is the kombucha um, in the beginning. And that same SCOBY, we've like grown up into what we still use in our product now. And it's, we bank some of it in a lab. So the culture strains are in a lab um, and we can use that in um, our products. So the same that we started two years ago, three years ago in her kitchen is this, are the ones that are still in the product, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Is that, is that like the yeah. sourdough? Is that like the bread thing where you just like take a little starter and you kind of like grow it yes. and move it? Yeah, grow it and grow it. And yeah, and then it becomes this like, you know, big thing, but it's not, it's slightly different with brewing, but yeah, it's the same type of thing. And so it kind of yeah, has your like imprint on it from like day one. Yeah. That's so cool. Or like a mole, yeah. like, you know, oh, how yeah, yeah, yeah. mole they just keep adding. Just keep adding, keep adding. Yeah. Everyone's mole is a little bit different. I have a girlfriend who, she must have just not tried the right kombucha, but it had the scope. I always want to say scaby. <laughs> scabies yeah. not to be confused with scabies that's if you eat too much yeah wine. no no we don't want that. <laughs> um but i think there was like scoby at the bottom and maybe some maybe some brands yeah. are intentional about that i don't know yes um but she just couldn't get over that and so we need to we need to get her on the luna bay booch 
There's train. definitely a yeah. spectrum of yeah. kombucha that's like snotty, like yeah. not like snooty, but snot like actual like you're like <laughs> well, there's something growing in there to like a little bit yeah. more like I don't know if these a centrifuge or what, but it's a little bit exactly. more approachable, I think. I love that you know what that is, a centrifuge. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you I know, in the craft beer, you know, you're you know, because yeah. because Manny will do that with his uh, Manny's um, who owns Georgetown Brewing in Seattle has like mm-hmm. a really really dense beer, and they they store the kegs upside down. Um, and then when they're ready to get tapped, they tell the brewer, like the the bar or whoever to flip it right side up um, so that it filters. But anyway, they use a centrifuge to do the thing. And yeah. I couldn't tell you what it does other than it goes really fast. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we have a centrifuge as well. But that there it is funny. Like I think the, the very crafty days were like the SCOBY in it. Things are floating around like people would want that. But I think getting into the craft beer space and this, you know, kind of like rosé, you know, elevated um, craft experience, the, the more um, filtration, the better and almost like that hazy color. Mm. So that's kind of what we're um, looking for in the product. Um, and the centrifuge kind of filters that out. So you won't find any scoby thing but it is funny yeah. in the early days of going around like to certain buyers like is there going to be a scoby that climbs out of it if i like <laughs> open it up I'm like, it's not like that i swear just trust me that's so funny uh, yeah. the Very uh different. so when when uh because we're in you know we're we're based in seattle so i feel like kombucha was I mean, it's been here for for a while and yeah i noticed that there was um some kombuchas that you know early on a lot of scoby uh a lot of real thick Kind of yeah. was a little sour sockish, to be honest. I was a little like and like out of someone's basement. Too, yeah, I mean, you it know? was definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. A, de- yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's interesting is there's there were, but then on the other side of the spectrum, there was like it just tasted like candy and sh- it was like way too sugary. Yeah. How do you get that? How do you? Because yours is very approachable. It's not too you know dank or or you know fermented. Um, yeah. But it's also not super sugar forward, which is fantastic. Yes. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think when we, in the beginning, we did so many trials on, you know, I was flying up to Oregon to try some up there in California and Colorado and just New York and just trying to see everything out there, taste regular kombuchas, 3%, 6%. Like, what did I really resonate with, what they didn't? And I think in general, which is happening now, is like people are very conscious of sugar. And I think that's really important. And that's such a, you know, epidemic of just their sugars and added sugars, even when it says zero sugar, they're flavoring and sweetening with things. And, um, you know, and it's, and I even realized when I was living abroad, like how much fresher things were and, um, you know, what they weren't adding in. And so that was definitely a priority when we were, um, starting to brew this. Um, and then we brought on, um, this woman named Joanna Denny and she's on our team still, she's incredible. Um, she oversees our production and quality assurance, and she really just understands she comes from crooked stave, which is a sour beer brewery, um, in Colorado. Colorado. Um, and she, she kind of got it. I mean, from day one, it was like, we want to ferment it dry. We want all real ingredients to be the only sweetness really that comes forward in it. Um, and there's a spectrum. I think we have our Luna Bay light, which is zero sugar. And the rest of ours are between four and nine grams, which comparatively to a lot of other, um, kombuchas are over 11 to 16 to 17% or 17 grams of sugar. Um, so it's, it's something that I I think we pride ourselves in and there's no, nothing additive. It's really just all like from the ingredients, the flavors from it. That makes a lot of sense. Well, you've knocked it out of the park. I think it's fantastic. This is delicious. You haven't even tried it on draft yet. Fresh draft is like where it's at. So we got to get to that Midwest. We got to get to those, those those hot cub. Can I drink it and watch the cubs at the same time? Yes, yes, so we're in um, a couple actually bars that are part of the stadium at the um at Wrigley Field. So yeah, you can. Wrigley Field yeah. is so cool. There do they still have those like townhouses on the far side of the field that like yes. they rent out the roofs or whatever and you can Me? see in? Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Yep. Yeah. And then we've just started, we talked to the White Sox this week as well um, on their team. So it's really interesting because this category is still, you know, very much very new. And if you think about stadiums, airports, venues, there's seltzers, there's beers, but there really isn't any hard kombuchas yet. And as we're seeing that same consumer kind of shift from not just this, you know, seltzer, but for um, this conscious consumer that cares about the story, cares about how we're, you know, giving back to the planet and also um, this better for you beverage category, I think is continuing to grow. Um, and so you'll see that more in stadiums and things like that. So um, we're really excited to be one of the first into some of those places. Did you, I think you said you lived in California at the time. Did you consider launching in SoCal or did you know that the opportunity was greater in Chicago and you just had plans there kind of all along? 
Yeah. So funny enough, I actually still live in California. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, no one ever knows where I live because I don't even really know where I live. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the plan, everyone, you know, told me I'm very determined person that, you know, I was like, we have to launch in Chicago first because first to market, um, it's my hometown. And also it's not here yet. And when I was in California, there's, you know, Boochcraft, Juneshine, all these others, like we really needed to make a name for ourselves mm-hmm. somewhere else, just launching there behind all these brands that have so much backing, so much growth right out the gate. It's just, we would have just gotten lost. Um, and then, and so, so much with alcohol is we were distributors and knowing and being with the right distributors. And you don't really have any leverage to negotiate with distributors unless you have some of those grounds to kind of speak to um, in case studies. So, you know, Chicago being the first there, we had so much access to chains. So once Whole Foods is on board, we got Binnie's on board, Foxtrot Market, which is amazing. We're actually the first hard kombucha in Target in Illinois, um, first in Kroger in Illinois in the Midwest. So we really um, made a name for ourselves with some incredible buyers here. Then when we went back to California, you know, they told us you would have to wait at least five years. I went there four months later because I was flying (laughs) back and forth. I'm like, we're going there. But it was an amazing opportunity with the distributor um, Scout. So they're a distributor in San Diego and Orange County. um, And they have June China in their portfolio, which they are um, a category leader as well. And so to be on the same distribution as them is really great for us. It kind of just speaks to that we're at the same caliber. Um, And so it was a great opportunity. And Scout probably would not have considered us um, that early on, only four months into our business, had we not made that strong, you know, powerful leap right out the gate in Chicago. Got it. That makes makes a lot of sense. Heck of a strategy, Bridget. Yeah, Yeah. really. It was not on purpose. It was really just (laughs) I didn't fly that much. And then, but it had, it ended up working out. (laughs) You're very observational. I think that's a key component. Like the the entrepreneurs and founders that we talk to, I'm always blown away by the, the, you know, Hey, what, like, how did this start? It's always this, Oh, I noticed, I saw this, I saw that, or this was missing. You know, it's that kind of that, that (laughs) observation of what is not there. And then, and then kind of filling (laughs) in that gap between what could be and what, what is ideal. Yes. Thank you. I, yeah, I appreciate that. That was so much in the beginning, just curiosity, asking questions, not being afraid to, you know, get five minutes of this founder's time or that founders that have worked in alcohol and CPG and then seeing, you know, what was working and not working and trying to apply that to the early stage in the business definitely has gotten us to where we are. Well, and I just, I mean, just given, you know, the food and beverage industry in general, um, much less alcohol, I just would have assumed distribution challenges for you, like right out of the gates. And it's just sounds like, I mean, you were having the meetings before the product was actually yeah, before that, available. Totally. Oh so, my gosh. There you that's, go. Yeah. That's so great. The, yeah, uh, so my team would like also kill me for that too, because I'm like, I have, a vision, I have an idea and we're going this way. They're like, we haven't even figured out any of this yet. And I'm like, Oh, but I'm already yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. good. The entre- our team calls it the entrepreneurial impatience, where they, yes. we have like we've created like we've brought on a COO the last couple of years, and he's developed all like really great process, not process for the sake of process, but process that actually like improves the business. But we have what we call the agility lane because I always need that like you know we always got to like accelerate off to the side for a new idea or something that we want to pursue, um, and that's what oftentimes where innovation lays. You know, so for you to find yeah. out, you know zero sugar or whatever the next thing is. You know, if there's too much process, it doesn't give you the freedom to kind of test, experiment and get into some new new opportunities potentially. So there's a balance there. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of our um, investors is an advisor of ours as well. And she was the first em- employee at RX Bar um, and it was part of the growth of RX Bar and that story and like, you know, their acquisition. She went from the early days through Kellogg and she's been incredible on our team. And, you know, in our first couple senior leadership meetings, as she was helping us put in process, you know, it's uh, me and the ops, our ops lead constantly, our heads are butting, but, you know, we get off these calls and I'm like, why is there so much conflict? She's like, if there's going to be a problem when there's not conflict, like there should always be this healthy resistance of you're the dreamer and the visionary and you're running this way. But then you, she has, you know, strategic, you know, very thoughtful in all of her decision-making and um, is a little guarded and, you know, it's a good balance because she keeps me, yeah, that agility lane, which I love that, but um, it's hard because you just want to yeah, 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 gotta yeah. have that. Gotta have that tension. We just had we just had a people leader offsite. So all of our team who manage people, and we did this. Uh, we're doing this like low ropes, um, ro- low ropes course. So like you know nothing high, no harnesses, all that stuff. And there was this activity where there's this bull ring, and it was on a PVC pipe, and then you you pull it up uh, with like ten foot strings off of it. So there's like 10, 10 foot strings coming off of it. 
and you have to carry this tennis ball like around the lodge and through these small tight areas. And the only way it would work is if everybody's pulling at it really hard. Yeah. And if anybody let go too much, the tennis, like the bull ring would, you know, basically tip and it would fall off and you had to start all over again, um, which was very frustrating. But that it was, it was to, anyway, it was to illustrate that like tension is good, but you have to communicate yeah. during that tension as you start to like navigate different, you know, channels or, you know, mm -hmm. narrow pathways or whatever the analogy is for business. But I think sometimes, like, sometimes people want to shy away from tension because they think it can be bad or unhealthy, but really it's like friction. We always talk about friction leads to fire. Um, we just, Ooh. you don't want to start a forest fire. You just want to start a campfire, right? So it's, <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, I love that. I'm going to put your brain on some of the leadership <laughs> stuff because we haven't done, uh, the, you know, those things that we've just been, you know, keeping our heads on, but I think we'll need to eventually like, you know, get some of those leadership training and from community and building, you know, your team that's, that stuff is so important. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's been, it's been an absolute blast and yeah, it's, yeah. um, it's fun. It's, yeah, it's, it's fun. An, yeah, it's an absolute blast. Um, yeah. I had a question for you on the er, on the Herba Mate. So going back to the, going back to the product, how long yeah. how long does this like how long does like a batch a batch of booch is that like what you call it internally? Batch, like, batch of booch yeah. two two yeah. nine is ready. <laughs> yeah, get that batch. Done. <laughs> batch of booch. How long does a batch of booch take to to create? Um, yeah, I mean, we in the early days and honestly too, which is, this is the wildest part is that it is a living organism. So there is so much that changes and we had no idea. And we went from, so just to give you context, like a 20 barrel tank, which is a pretty, you know, big tank at, um, pilot project. I mean, we're from the carboys to that. And then from that to, um, pilot or, um, we, we moved to a brewery in Denver. Um, and in that brewery, um, we were in 300 barrel tanks. So went from, 20 to 300 barrels. So the volume of the tanks was so much more significant. So that really had an effect on how long it would take. Um, and then the weather. So um, when it was, some of these tanks went through the roof um, at our old brewery. And when it was really cold, our first winter in Denver doing this, it got super cold and the it slowed down the process. So things that we thought we're going to be done with added two to three weeks. So, which was, we had no idea um, because you has to hit certain metrics at primary fermentation and secondary. So it's been this wild thing to kind of figure out this journey of what, you know, um, how the weather affects it, the tank size affects it, um, adding in a centrifuge now kind of changes the process. Um, and now we've added another brewery in Southern Illinois. So we're kind of same thing. This are, these are our first batches that'll be finishing out there. Um, and it's taken like double the time, but it's part of that scaling, initial scaling process. So anywhere from three to six weeks, okay. hoping three, but it could be six, but that's a part of the price point as well. Our price point, you know, if you get a 12 pack of a lot of seltzers, they are, I would say much cheaper than ours, but ours are, you know, usually about 13.99, 12.99 for a four pack, but that is because of the craft, the lo longer time it takes, the yerba mate tea, and then the ingredients and quality of ingredients. And did you say it has to uh, stay refrigerated mm -hmm. even yeah. in transit and all that? Yeah. Yeah. So everything is cold um, when it leaves. And, you know, again, that's something we learned too in this space. We saw some kombuchas come out that were shelf stable, um, which if that is the case, that typically that the products aren't really living, um, you know, probiotics. So yeah. um, it's important to us in the in integrity of the, um, you know, the metrics of what a kombucha is. We are, um, we are part of um, a kombucha brewers international, and we really follow um, the integrity of like what that, um, I don't know if you're familiar in beer, there's a standard identity and you follow that process. And a lot of kombuchas out there don't follow that standard identity process with pasteurization, adding back in probiotics. So we follow that. And then as well as, and that um, qualifies us as a real kombucha. And then also that's that shelf cold chain. Right. Um, right. And it works. And I don't, I, for, in my opinion, I wouldn't want to walk into a store and get a warm kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. want a nice cold crisp kombucha that's bubbly. Yeah. 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 And Definitely. That's kind of like, that's kind of like uh, sparkling water to kombucha. You're going to pay more for kombucha than sparkling water. So a hard seltzer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about 1% yeah. for the planet for a second. Um, I, I, I should know this, but I think there are sort of different ways that you can contribute, you know, what ends up being 1% of annual sales to the 1% yeah. for the planet, um, you know, platform or network. So do you select individual nonprofits to give to on that platform or how yes. do you, how do you engage with 1% for the planet? 
Yeah. So um, Brittany on our team, she really leads all of our 1% for the planet initiatives. But I think that's what's so cool about 1% of the planet is that you can do that. It doesn't have to just be a percentage of your sales. Um, for us, we've what going back to that community aspect is how do we then engage um, our consumers by doing things with us that we can do that are a donation-based class or things like that. Claire on our team is um, um, a great yoga teacher. She teaches all over Chicago. So we've hosted different events um, at Booch Quarters and other places around the city. Um, and then part, you know, all of those proceeds will go back to 1% for the planet initiative. Um, we'll do on our merch sales, um, for a weekend here, all the merch sales will go to that. Um, at our boot quarters, actually, we, um, have started to do events that are ticketed, um, on the weekends to come in and kind of experience the brand and, um, ticket sales for some upcoming events will go to 1% for the planet. Um, and I also think that it's a great way to connect with the communities we're in, because it is hard as, you know, I think it, when we started, I thought I could, you know, you could talk to every single person that touches the Luna Bay. Like you want to get to know them and be thankful for, you know, supporting us. And then you're in new markets and new cities, uh, you know, and it's, it's, you know, you kind of lose touch with that and you want that engagement. So I think it's really cool. We've done some things recently in Denver. Um, we're looking at some organizations in Massachusetts. So it's cool that we can help kind of identify those with our distributors as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cause you guys are involved in 1% as well. We are. Mm -hmm. Yep. One of our clean water partners is a, a 1% for the planet. Um, I think, I think both profit. splash and water first are. That could be. Yeah. 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 Two of them. Yeah. So, I mean, from clean water to, you know, it's domestic, international, it's, 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 it's fairly wide ranging, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. And we have mirror um, here. We, we have the, um, our camp cups are, are mirrored. Yeah. So we should yeah. do, I, I would you imagine. Need, you our, need can chillers too. I was like, too. we should do, we should do a can filler. Oh, wish that would be so cool. Yeah, more in the growlers and all that. I'm like, you get that carbonated. Yep. So good. Yep. Yes, Luna Bay is a customer partner. Mm -hmm. Thank yes. you. We appreciate it. Actually, yeah. it's full uh, full yeah. disclosure here. Uh, we met, Bridget, you and I met like, gosh, eight years ago, nine years ago? Yeah. It was a long I, time ago. I think it was 10. <laughs> Maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> like, we're like Asian years ago. But yeah, we yeah, were yeah, mere, like, mere children. Mere children just yeah. living yeah. Fa fast and fancy free and Sundance <laughs> yes. just partying yeah. up in parking garage parties and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> living it up. So that was so no, fun to get that email that where you were like, though. you were like, Hey, you know, we want a partner. I was like, wow, this is a blast from the past. It's so cool. You started your company. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll like never forget when we were sitting at the kitchen and you were telling me about this company you started. I'm like, how do you start a company? That is wild. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so it's like, it's, it's just really inspirational to me too. So kudos to everything you've done since then. It's pretty Oh, thank incredible. you. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's bad. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny. Cause like from 10 years ago, cause yeah, I mean like the, you know, crochet kids, you know, Cole and you know, Nick and all the, and Nick's now at Kula in, in, in Rwanda. And, um, gosh, there's a whole, there's like a, a squad there, um, back in the day. And, and now it's known supply, but there were so many cool, I mean, just founders, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, creatives, creatives yeah. you know, just like doing all these things all over the world. And, um, absolutely never, never would have imagined what it's, what mirrors turned into, you know, it's, you know, there's the idea, you know, there's kind of this like concept of where you want yeah. to grow it. Yep. And I just, it's, I think the thing for me, I was going to ask you, ask you this, um, for me, the unexpected joy and pleasure of mm -hmm. running your own company has been the people along the way. Cause it's hard to, it's hard to imagine, like you can imagine like the type of folks or like the things you want to accomplish or the revenue targets or you want to give a certain amount of money away, but it's really hard to individualize like every single person. And there's so much, like people have so much personality and, and, and stories and character to me, that's been like one of the joys is meeting incredible people along the way that have like joined me over the years. And I was going to ask you, what are some unexpected things over the last couple of years? Yeah. a hundred percent resonate with that. I mean, I think that's like one of the coolest things, like you dream this up, like in your kitchen and you're thinking about, you know, this idea and then you see it come to life. And I think, you know, when you see other people join on, on, on that, believe in you and believe in the vision and are working towards it. It's, it's so humbling. Cause you're like, this was my dream. This wasn't your dream. And now you're here and you're, you know, championing me and, you know, and it doesn't, and it's like, and they're helping you grow as a person personally, professionally, you're learning from them. They're challenging you. Even as I'm their boss, I really see everyone as, you know, the same, but it's, it's so cool to see what they've taught me and what we've been through together. It's like, in such an extreme amount of time, you know, 
starting a company in a pandemic in an alcohol space, being all women, you know, from all over, you know, from, you know, right out of college to a couple kids and to all of this together. Like it's been such a character building and um, it's, it's really shaped me into who I am and the people have, you know, and, um, and also, you know, there's really hard times and it's, it's really like when you feel like you don't have to do it alone, you're just like, Oh, you're, you're here to help me carry this. Like, thank you. Like, this is awesome. We can do this together. So the people I think has been, the most surprising um, aspect that has brought me so much joy, um, real true friendships and family, really my team um, and um, seeing them believe in me and us and what we're doing is, is really, really cool. I think there have been a handful of times where you've wanted to throw in the towel for, you know, one yeah. reason or another. And it's, it is, it's the people, it's the team that, you know, keeps you going and getting, you know, totally. across that valley. Well, yeah, those, I mean, those highs and those lows, as, as you can, as you can imagine, you know, the highs of Whole Foods saying, Hey, we're in, and then you're like, Oh man, I got to figure out how to make this, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, totally. Oh my gosh. When they, I remember one of my other friends, he started a, uh, an alcohol company and I called him after the Whole Foods meeting. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we got in. And he was like, cool. Wait till that you're at the high of this roller coaster. We just look, comes crashing down. And I'm like, wait, what? You're like, yeah. You already made it to Whole Foods. And he's like a one week later. I'm like, Oh God, what am I doing? <laughs> how do I make Make this ship at bullet packaging yeah. UPCs. Yeah. All the UPCs wrong. I get it. Oh, get master pass, oh. refrigeration. You know, all <laughs> certificate of insurance. It's not right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. We so our first even with the UPC is how fun is that? We like got them into the stores. We got them into Whole Foods, whatever. And then we got this amazing deal. Mariano's is a chain in Chicago, and they're incredible, and they've been an amazing partner for us. But we found out that there's different UPCs that you're supposed to get certified, and so we get this, you know huge huge order for mariano's and they're like all your cans are wrong like all of your pcs are wrong so all of us are in this storage warehouse stickering every single can like thousands and thousands of cans and everyone's like the mariano's deal was probably so amazing i'm like we're in a garage upc like oh, every yeah. single get some so, really good music going oh, yeah, yeah. We, so oh, many yeah. beers that day yeah oh, we had a similar thing where we, we were removing upcs in a public oh, storage God. unit circa 2010, 2011, freezing cold, raining, you know, oh. that it was, it's actually really funny because the, you know, public storage, you know, who knows what goes on there, but the lady, like it's halfway, the door's like maybe like a foot off the ground and the lady, like the public storage manager comes and like opens the door to like see what's going on, you know, and here's like Beck and me and a couple of friends we're just like ripping these labels off. And she was like, oh, oh yeah, you're good. And we're like, is this like, is this bad? Should we not be here? And she's like, oh, this is the, this is like super tame, you know, compared to what happens. Yeah, she's like, you have no idea. You have no idea. People <laughs> yeah. living there. Oh people my gosh, drugs. public storage. Sorry. Oh my <laughs> gosh, public storage. Yeah. So we had a public storage, you know, like, like, a, like UPC, UPC, you know, but those are big moments you need to remember, you know, like that's what's it's, I don't know. You'll cherish those memories. Totally. Kind of Take <laughs> lots of photos. There are some photos from early on. I'm like, gosh, I wish we would have documented this mo moment of just yeah. like, taking all these labels off to like get it right oh yeah oh yeah i'm the they like they get so mad at me i always have my camera that's I, awesome like, no keep yeah. taking the photos yeah yeah keep taking the photos yeah. definitely um, there we we have you know memories in here that are not not on, captured on yeah on camera <laughs> yeah. um okay quick question for you and then we want to hear what's next for luna bay booch um have you, would you say you faced any challenges that you would like specifically attribute to being a female founder? Like what has that journey looked like? I mean, yeah. I imagine for the most part, it's been very well received, but you never know. I mean, there are people out there who, you know, think we should be at home cooking the meals. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, that and raising money, like, you know, going, we've, you know, now as we've expanded, get into the VC space. And, um, you know, I know I'm at the forefront of building this category with several other, um, you know, male founders of this space. And I know what they're valuing their companies at. I know what their revenues are. I know, you know, and I'm trying to fight for X amount of valuation and they're five times more than that. And we're at the same sales is, is wild. And, and other people are like, okay, cool story. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of sweeties. Um, you know, why are you in this industry? Like, go back to, you know, do marketing, do branding. This is so hard. This industry is so hard. Alcohol, um, you know, it's, it's not cut out for women and it's just, it's really wild almost in some ways. Um, distribution is a very like old school, archaic space huh. in a lot of ways. 
Um, so those Especially early alcohol and- distribution that is yeah. Ooh, prohibition. Oh my God. Oof. They're like, change your cans, do this, do that. And it's like, yeah, I grew up with three brothers. Um, you know, I have our investors are an amazing group of um, men and women that really champion us and believe in us. And they've given me so much strength and character. And so I think you just have to remember to not take anything personally. You go into those situations and you're like, well, this is what I believe in and not lose faith and sight in that. Like, I know what I believe in. I know what we should be valued at. I know what we're doing and not to let anyone, you know, tell you differently because usually everything's just a projection and it's just, you know, you take what it is and you just continue on and what you believe in and the right investors, the right accounts, those you know, they'll be the ones that you'll, it'll work out. You know, I remember there was a time in the early days that we like had no money. And, you know, I was like, I could have taken this money from this one person, but I'm like, this isn't, they don't align with what we're doing the way they're speaking to us and what have you. And it's, we waited and thank goodness we did because we have incredible people. Um, but I would say in the investing space and then in the distribution space, but truly all of those things that, um, you know, kind of pushed us down in the beginning, um, have, have made me, uh, put added fuel to the fire even mm-hmm. more. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's like, what do you, I remember one in the early days, like, what do you know about starting a business? Like you shouldn't do this and left the meeting. And I walked out of that meeting for one minute, felt so, so dejected. I'm like, what do I know? Like, I don't know anything. And then I'm like, but well, you know what? Watch me. Like I'll, I'll, what did you know? You know, and <laughs> yeah. things that, you know, but my three brothers credit me too. They beat me down enough that I <laughs> found the strength to keep going. So yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Totally. You totally Aikido those people. There's this like Japanese martial art called Aikido. And it's basically like the one martial art that considers the attacker and their safety when you're doing like, I don't know, self-defense or whatever. And so instead of defending yourself, you defend yourself, but then you also defend them. So you like deflected of like, well, wait, what do you, what do you actually know about this? Yeah. What do you, what does that do? 100%. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's actually really cool too, because I think there is this new wave, like there's so much happening right now in the alcohol space that is so exciting, like between GoPuff on-demand delivery and um, Uber Eats and Drizzly and Foxtrot's making a lot of waves in the space. And um, and so it's exciting to see it's not just this three-tiered system where it was before you have to sell to this to get to this consumer. There's so much more access to the consumers, which I think is really exciting. And then also a lot of um, big accounts like Target, they really want to champion women in alcohol and being a minority um, and Kroger. And, you know, we're launching an HEB in Texas in a few weeks. And um, some of these big accounts that they're really excited to just get behind women in um, this space because they know how hard it is and they for us to be in these big chains without you know much proof of sales in a year and a half is i think it speaks to you know the champion behind women in the space yeah yeah heck yeah okay Mm -hmm. so you're expanding you've got flavor innovation you've got a zero sugar line what what else can you tell us about that's we heard there's jalapenos i love jalapenos jalapenos. (laughs) paint the landscape us. Yes. I've been on a big Texas kick. I love Texas. So I've been d- going down there. It's been so fun. Um, and I kind of got inspired with our new grapefruit flavor, um, which just launched. It's been selling out um, in Illinois. Actually, it's out of stock this week. So we have a restock coming next week. But um, that's our grapefruit jalapeno. And I think that's what's so exciting about this category, because there is so much flexibility and runway and innovation happening because it's new and it's exciting. So um, we have our core 12 ounce, then we have our core 16 ounce grab and goes, which we'll see more in stadiums and things like that. Um, you wanting the taller tall boys, so you don't have to go back to the 12 ounce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that zero sugar line, as, as we mentioned, we'll be expanding that line. Um, we have our first lychee lime, um, and then we'll have some new, new ones of that. And then we'll have some new holiday flavors coming out, which is exciting. Um, potentially variety pack. So That'll be exciting. And then um, uh, some more of these booch quarter type spaces popping up places and um, expansion. So I can tell you guys here first, but we're launching in Texas in two weeks. So we're really excited for that market in Austin and Dallas. You'll see this in San Antonio and Houston before the end of the year. So big way there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How do you, how do you divvy up your time? You have there, there have to be things that you say no to. Oh my gosh. It's so painful. I'm such an extrovert to my core and people person. And I have a huge family. And so, yeah, I would say it's so exciting because there's so many fun things happening all the time, but what COVID taught me more than anything is like, I can't push myself 
to that degree all the time. You know, I have to say no. It's it's hard because, you know, when people are bummed, you can't do things. It's really because they miss you or they want to see you. And, um, you know, you have to be protective of your energy and your space because I, you know, I've, I learned the hard way. You can't show up for people when you're burning yourself out. So, um, yeah, I'm getting a massage at six today. Like, you know, I've got, yeah, I always schedule in self-care therapy, massage, acupuncture. (laughs) Um, it's, it's what's important. I like to have fun, but I am very good at, I really schedule my mental health and, um, you know, self-care time. Yeah. For sure. That's wisdom right there. I feel like I didn't discover that for myself until my thirties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, starting it in my thirties was definitely, yeah. Cause it's, it, that's, what's been the, the biggest, you know, most important part of all of this. Cause, and it, it is, but it has been the most hard with my family and my friends of, I can't do this. I can't do that. And, and people don't know what you don't know. And I think that was something I would take so personally beginning. Like, how do you not know? This is all the things I'm dealing with, but you, they don't, you know, it's like, you know, being a parent or anything, it's you, face your own challenges and own things that you just have to be like, this is what I know that this is hard. And I've got to just address one thing at a time. And sometimes that's letting other people down. And, um, but they, the people that love you will be there for you no matter what. And they just want you to be. Yeah. Do you by chance, uh, study the Enneagram or are you familiar with it? Are you a three? I'm a seven. You're a seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like going, what if that sounds fun? That sounds fun. Yeah. 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 What's the three? Three is achiever. Yeah. Achiever. Yeah. Yeah. Seven's kind of visionary party hangout. Enthusiastic visionary, I think is something. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want? Who wouldn't want to be described as an enthusiastic? I mean, I want to hang out with you more. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I want to hang out with you guys too. I miss you. I I love you. We got to Seattle and have some booches. I was so excited. I can't wait till you expand to Washington. This would be great. I know. So, um, for our listeners who might be, you know, closer to the Seattle area, is there a way to support you all? And how would we do that? Yeah, thank you. Um, so we will be looking into the Washington market soon for um, direct to consumer. And then and over the next few months, we'll be looking into a nation like shipping. So we'll sure. be able to ship in. Um, but for the markets that we are in now, you can obviously order on Amazon, Whole Foods, things like that. And then if you're any of our merch, a lot of you know times we do the one percent for the planet, so there'll be different giveaways happening there that you can support. Um, we also do you know virtual yoga classes and things like that. If you go to lunabaybooch.com, you'll see all of our events um, upcoming, both virtually and in person. Um, and then if you're in Chicago, swing by our booch quarters. It's super fun. It's like our living room. We kind of consider it and just come in and hang out and work from here, get a coffee, and so just make it your home. So yeah, yeah. Take- the photos are beautiful. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really, a beautiful really space. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm sure you had a hand in that too. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Too much of a hand. There's literally a hat wall. And they're like, why is there a hat wall? I'm like, I don't know. I just want it there. (laughs) Because it looks good. I like hats. (laughs) I like hats. That's a great hat. It's a great hat. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. I know. I was like, is this off brand? I'm wearing a quarter shirt. (laughs) You know, I mean, tap the Rockies. You're in Denver. Cold, you know, brood cold. Keep it cold. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I love the, it. Like Although, the, God, the godfather of dis- distillation or brewing or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, think you'll be exactly. wearing a Yeti shirt anytime soon. Pro- probably yeah. not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, so we're not, not, <laughs> not quite the same, yeah. but all right. Yeah. So we have just a series of sort of rapid fire questions. We'll call them that we like to ask our guests um, at the conclusion of each um, episode. If you're up for it. Yes. You want to kick it off? Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. These are fun. And like, don't think too hard about them either. Yeah. There's no wrong answer. Just so you know. Okay. Uh, let's see. Is it, do you think it's easier to go alone or together? Together. Great seven answer. Great yeah. seven answer. <laughs> I think it's more together. Cause I, I like judge. So I want to be around people. I want to just like experience the world, see, taste, touch, feel, and meet, you know, all the people along the way. Totally. Uh, what is, what is one belief you hold that will never change? Mm, that you need alone time to recharge and be your best self. Ooh, hundred percent. Really good. Uh, yeah. don't sacrifice blank for blank. Don't sacrifice your authentic self for what other people might want. Boom. Mm. So good. <laughs> 
<laughs> so much knowledge. You're like a one take wonder. Do you have a we, mic over there you could drop? We could just. I can't. Yeah, this is my job. It was like slam <laughs> up in the way. I can't remember what the response was, but we had a guest one time get him backwards. Oh, so good. That? It was and like, it, don't it, sacrifice it so family funny. for time or it was time for family. Yeah. Something was, we were like. <laughs> Something else. You know where you're going. Yeah, here, and we all kind of like thought about it and then we were like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. But at that point, you probably even like believed it when he said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you reading the next one? Oh, sure. Name one activity that you turn to when you're in need of a reset. Mm, jumping in the ocean or jumping in a lake, any body of water, and I return to self. Mm. It's so restorative. Like water, so restorative. water has such a pure quality about it. I'm with you on yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. And last question, what is one piece of knowledge you want to impart on the next generation? Hmm. Um, I believe women to just believe in themselves and um, everyone has their own journey. So if you have a dream, continue to persevere it. And I think that, you know, just women empowerment in both school and in their bodies and in their education and in work. Um, yeah, I think more women supporting women moving yeah. forward. I have an additional question. What is yeah. one thing that you have found effective that you would encourage other female founders, women starting companies? What's your, mm -hmm. what would you, what, what, what parts, what like knowledge or wisdom or advice would you impart to them? Yeah. I mean, routine, um, even if it's something for 20 minutes, I, I fly or I'm in a new place almost every week. And, um, you know, it's, it's very, it's very hard. It's very hard on your body and your, you know, your immune system, all the things. So what I've learned during all of this is just how do I incorporate routines throughout my life for my mental health, for clarity, for showing up. And to me, I just, I have a, a routine that I do no matter what, um, anywhere I am, you know, I have, um, 10 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of journaling, 10 minutes of stretching everywhere I go. I also have my sound machine, my essential oils, my eye mask. I literally, it's like a production, but it's so essential. And I think it's 30 minutes of your day to do that. And I like, you know, as a seven, I am going bopping and for that, me to slow my mind down for 10 minutes is very hard, but now I actually crave it. It's like a high and I can leave, you know, from a meditation any morning and just feel like I can do one thing at a time and be focused and being very present and aware, um, you know, and, and limiting your phone. I know it's hard, but I think, you know, life happens here and, you know, in front of each other and it's, um, we're miss, we miss out on a lot that's happening around us when we're, when we're on our phone. So I think that's something that I've, I really prioritize for my, you know, sanity and happiness and, and living a more full life, not being on my phone. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so great. I think travel can be so disorienting. And I mean, I don't travel for work as much as you do or have, but, um, for, yeah, for that little routine to just be your anchor and something that, you know, you know, you'll do again in the next 24 hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really cute. Yeah. And I look forward to, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's become a yeah, non-negotiable and I think it's important in anything, finding some routine as an anchor, gratitude, presence. Mm -hmm. It's, it sounds, you know, it can be taboo, but once you start doing it, it actually, it really, there's just such a shift that happens mentally mm -hmm. that, totally. um, you know, becomes something that's really important in your life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Anything what's, we missed? What's your or? favorite essential oil? What do you, what do you, what are you jonesing on your? Ooh, um, roses, lilacs. There's this really cool place in ocean beach that has, um, they make their own essential oils and they infuse it with real flowers. So I usually go in there, stock up on all the oils. I like come in they when we travel, my friends like, are we an apothecary, Bridget? Like you literally have oils everywhere and can't, can't to go candles. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep everything extremely Zen because I'm going nuts here. So why do you yeah. ask Brian? Are you, are you in yeah. the market? Oh, I'm just, I, you yeah. know, I love Hinoki, which <laughs> Japanese Cypress is like, I love Ooh. it. Japanese Cypress is like my, my favorite. It's like yeah. our bedroom, our bedroom smells like Japanese Cypress. Ooh. I have a Japanese Cypress mist. It's good. It just takes me back to nature. So it just, it just, you just feel, I mean, it does smell like parts of Japan, but it also just smells yeah. like the forest and. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Japanese Cypress is good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, yeah. Bridget, thanks for taking yeah. time. We love your story. We Thank love your you. energy. Uh, we love Aww. the booch. The booch is fantastic. So hey, where you. people go to, what is your website? It is lunabaybooch.com. And then yeah, our Instagram is at lunabaybooch. So you can check us out there. And which states are you in? What states for people listening? Yeah. Do you know them yeah. by heart? 
in alphabetical or, order. Know, Just kidding. Spelling <laughs> right by heart. Um, but yeah, so we're in um, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, up and down the coast of California, um, New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Maine, um, New Jersey, I say Wisconsin, Colorado, and then we'll be in Texas in August. So yay. That's some great coverage. Congratulations. Yeah, good coverage. Popping everywhere, but look for us more here soon. Okay, oh, you so got to hit Washington here. And I soon. love, it, it, yeah. I don't know if this is your mission statement, but I love, we strive to create products that make you make you feel good, do good, and bring people together. Love Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, that so was, good. yeah, it's what I want to do. I knew more about bringing people together than making an actual product, but that's okay. We learned along the way. Well, your product <laughs> is fantastic. The marketing is on point. Uh, we love, we love your passion, uh, for everything that you're doing. Yeah. So we, we are, we are champions of your brand and thank you so much for partnering with us. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you can Great check out the merch. You. Yeah. Good to see you too. Can't wait every 10 years. It's time. I know. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's shorten long. that gap. Are you going to yeah, be at craft beer conference? Are you going to be at CBC? I don't know if that's a I'm thinking about going. Yeah. Okay. Will you be there? I don't know. I know our team will be there. They'll have okay. a booth. Okay. Um, Denver. I can't remember when it is. October. Okay. Yeah. September, October. Becca's due November 1st, so there's kind of like a... You are? Yes, a... yeah. Yeah, thank you. So Number three and out. Three and out. <laughs> oh my gosh, so fun. Oh, yay. Yeah. So yeah, there's that like fine line of, I don't know, just travel, you know. It'd probably be a good idea for me to be there. When travel leading up to due date, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, work, we'll yeah. work through that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll hold it down with the mirror team in Colorado. Perfect. There we go. Yes. Yes. Please stop by. Well, so good to see you. Thanks for taking time. Yeah. We love founders, as you know, but gosh, such a great brand. We hope all the best for you. We hope lots of distribution, lots of expansion. And lots of grapefruit jalapeno. Yes. Lots of grapefruit jalapeno. Yeah. We'll send that to you in the game November. It's in my mind I will need it. I will need the hard kombucha in November. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to see you guys. You guys are incredible. And I'm, I was so inspired by you along the way. So this is awesome. I'm, I'm so honored to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you on the next episode.